0: I present. Hello and welcome to Gist Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. Gist stands for getting the shit together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on Gist, please log into our website at www dot GYST dash I-N-K dot com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email to let us know what you would like to hear about at info at GYST dash INK dot com. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. And what I do on this podcast is seek out artists and creatives who have hybridized their careers, to include some form of programming that involves the public. So that could be through an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, a nonprofit entity, whatever form it takes. Uh, We here at Just Inc. want to support and champion people who have diversified their practice in this way to include engaging an audience and doing things on their own terms in a DIY way. And the goal uh, of, of Just Do It and Just Radio is to give these motivated people a forum to share the hows and whys of what they do, so that hopefully they can inspire others to do the same. So I am pleased to have uh, Lena Lightman on my show today. I'm going to welcome her right away. And uh, hi, Lena. Thanks for coming on.
0: Hi, Kara. What a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to describe to the audience kind of how I met you, rather than a, a formal introduction, because it was just a it was just a cool kind of process, and it, it'll keep it exciting, and 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 it'll be a much more interesting way to to introduce you. And it was just one of those charmed meetings, so I like to recount the story. So about six we, oh, months we, ago, we
0: met. We met at the scene of the crime. I would like to interject here.
1: Right, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Public art crime, exactly. Exactly, yeah. it's actually crime no, it's
1: actually want. so perfect. I know, we met that's why yeah, it's so perfect to do it this way because we met at a at a workshop that was exactly in in, in tune with what I what I do and at, so so what happened was I finally got myself to a workshop, a community workshop held by or organized by Big City Forum, which is an initiative run by uh, Leonardo Bravo, an artist here, in La- an artist edu- educator here in Los Angeles. I had been a fan of, of Big City Forum kind of virtually for many, many months, and I finally got myself to a workshop and met him for the first time, actually subsequently had him on this show about Big City Forum, so people can go check that out. And the workshop was in Pacoima, which is an area of Los Angeles I hadn't really been to or explored much. It's It's an area that's going through a lot of arts. Uh, innovation and organization and so even going to Pacoima was kind of an interesting part of it and then also it was with an artist who I really admire and have followed her work for a long long time Tanya Aguaniga she's a fiber artist and and so meeting her was really wonderful and then the workshop was very hands-on and very interpersonal so the workshop was whereby we were we were felting with felt, because uh, Tanya is a, a fiber artist, we were to felt our hand and arm, creating a sculpture of, of our own hand and arm with felt, but you needed a partner in order to do this. And so Lena and I were randomly put together as partners. And um, there we were, kind of, the process was you had to kind of, you had to wrap your arm in, in wet uh saran wrap and 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 felting material and then squeeze and squeeze and squeeze but you had to do it for the other person so i literally met lena by touching we were touching each other's limbs you know and and it just started a whole conversation between us which now has lasted and gone on through there so it was this wonderful the whole day was charmed because because of all of this and so there you and i are we're kind of pressing on each other's arms and like hey hi so what's your name what do you do? And so I say something like, you know, oh, I'm an independent curator. And you say, so am I. And, like, oh, that's good. and, then, and then I say, oh, I, I worked in arts education programming in museums for a long time. And you say, so did I. And then I say, oh, I run a podcast radio show. And you're like, oh, I worked in radio for years. And then I say, somehow, you know, we're meandering along. This is cutting the conversation short, but I'm, you know, oh, you asked about my kids. I said, oh, my teenage son, he's a vegan and he's exploring activism having to do with food. And you say, oh, well, that's my whole entire passion is working with food and communities and activism. I mean, I'm not making this up that it almost was like every single thing I said. Lena, you said, or back and forth, like, oh, me too, me you're too. You're blowing too, too.
0: my mind with, uh, with how well you're recounting this story. I corroborate everything you just described. That's precisely yeah, what I happened. happened.
1: Exactly. And I must I must mention one last uh, coincidence of connection, because I just thought it was so interesting. And it kind of it just makes me feel good to recount it because it's someone that we knew who subsequently passed away. But it was so bizarre. We ended up finding out that we had the same boss, but at different institutions in different states at different time periods. But connected by the same man who was the late great curator Michael Rush. I was his education director at a museum called Palm Beach Institute of Contemporary Art in Florida. And then he went on to help found the Broad Museum in Michigan where you also helped found the program there under him as the education director there. Just weird. I mean, you know, it was just so. It was just so meant to be that that I met you and that we had all this stuff in common. So so that's kind of my brief introduction of us both. <laughs> I just gave the audience yeah, to, you know all that, my that background. Was, that
0: was probably the final incredible bit of synchronicity that I that I, managed I managed education, education under Michael, Michael at the Broad and, Broad and you had yeah done the same. And I'm I'm just somewhat new to LA. I've been here about a year plus after leaving the Broad but I was indeed on the founding staff there so watching the Broad LA open its doors recently was a pretty wild bit of deja vu for me yeah Um, yeah I bet them them going through this experience that I I had gone through you know being a part of birthing that institution a few years ago so um yeah that's that that yes that's a great that's a
1: great that's that's a great full circle Right. And that's a nice oh, uh, full extra circle. full circle for you as well too. Um, although you don't work with Absolutely. the broad, maybe yet. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> In LA the, here. The broad
0: here. I have not worked with the broad here yet. Not no. yet. Well, they're, they're just I mean, brand they're new they're and they're paths getting will cross.
1: Yeah, they don't have an education department per se yet even, so it's just, you know, they're just opened and figuring out their, their, you know, what they're doing, and of course it's a fabulous place, but they have a, they have definitely a a ways to go with that, so who knows, but so yes, it was very kismet how we met, and then I'm going to recount a little bit about the first event that I came to that you had organized, because that kind of starts talking about what your passions are, and I want to get into all of them, of course, so you invited me to a program, an event that you created for the craft. Folk Art Museum called Nibble on Your Neighborhood. So the title alone, pregnant paws, great title. (laughs) (laughs) So it had to do with food and bread and beer and papermaking and community and connection and it included a session of foraging for edible plants in the mid-city neighborhood which were then used in preparing a communal meal to eat in that evening. It was at this museum. So it was such a cool event. I really enjoyed it so much. And it kind of has, again, it has all the the things I think that you're passionate about, which is creating public happenings around food and cooking and creativity and, and the food in a local, communal, organic, sustainable way. And there's a lot in there to unpack. But maybe you could talk a bit about how you came to find this focus, um, bridging all these things that you're interested in and decide to kind of go ahead and, and start programming as an independent person in in LA.
0: Sure. So shall I back up a little bit?
1: Yeah, I know. It's kind of yeah, you gotta back up a little.
0: <laughs> I can back up a little. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um so for almost the last ten years I was in museum education, um, really blessed to be at pretty excellent places with really inspiring collections i was at the san francisco museum of modern art for a long time and i'm i'm from that part of california up north um and then as we mentioned i was invited to move out to michigan to be part of the founding staff for the broad art museum at msu so um i you know i've got a lot of i have a i've worn all the hats In arts education as i like to say you know especially at the road where it was small staff um helping to design that education department you know definitely meant producing all of the audio tours and training the docents and creating curriculum for working in the schools and creating live programs and film screenings and you know the list goes on and on so i've been really blessed to be able to do those things um and basically what and I could have was, said and I could have said that same last few lines that's exactly yeah, I what
1: I did at the other place that's why I just love I just love our connection there so yeah and then I and the whole, go on so it's
0: a whole it's a whole dance and specialized set of skills.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and it does give you training in diversification. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're talking about on the show. It's my focus is just wearing the many hats, and then how do you wear those many hats and move that forward? So go, go continue on to that to that uh, line exactly.
0: of exactly. Yeah. and we do. If, you know, I have to say, Kara, even listening to the opener to your show, um, before this show, we were we had a little bit of dialogue about you know whether or not I'm an artist and what an artist is which is something that I think about a lot and mm-hmm. then when I listen to your opener it's like oh man well she already covered that in my mind in a lot of ways that's what it means so as I said I was mm-hmm. in institutions but then I've moved out to Los Angeles I fell in love with Los Angeles that's just first and foremost um, it's, it inspires me immensely I'm so energized by the amount of creative vibrance happening in this city. I'm constantly meeting like-minded people who are creating and imagining and and have organizations or are connected to organizations. There's there's such a diversity of outlets, of museums, of non-museum art spaces. It feels like a really, really abundant creative world here. Um, yeah. So I have found myself in a new position that I've never been in, in my creative life before. And that's where very organically I began curating outside of any of these institutions. Um, And this really recently is when I started calling myself an artist. Um, Hmm. And I think that's a really interesting, I'm even watching my own process and finding this interesting. I've always loved you know creating beautiful objects i've always loved making to me you know the fact that i love to cook is just one sort of part of this spectrum of things that i want to make with my hands that are beautiful that are tactile that people enjoy but i've never had a presentable practice i've never had a painting practice that i could put on a wall i've never made the kinds of things that would go in a gallery show so i've patently answered no, I'm not an artist when people have asked me that, you know, for years. Well, I'm Um, glad that we're kind of,
1: you know, in this conversation to redefine that because just is definitely all about championing that too of like, there is no one, there is no one um, uh, definition. And if you're a creative person, creating whatever it is, like you're saying, creating food is an art, creating programs is an art, creating yeah. workshops, bringing people together. And it's all part of a practice. It's all a practice. You are an artist <laughs> with this newly Thank defined. You. I'm yes, I'm giving you an anointment. An an there you go. Bam. <laughs> Never Thank say I'm not you. an artist I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm sure there's so many out there who the feel page the same way. Page.
0: Yeah. No yeah. Being a creative a person. Being a creative person, and I will tell you a couple of key things I think that um, have shifted for me. One, <laughs> well, there are two two ways in which I'm thinking about this word artist. Mm-hmm. One is in sort of um, a solidarity way with other people making a creative life. And that is what I am trying to do. And that's what a lot of people are trying to do, not necessarily something that fits really properly into um, a monetized role, which is part of the frustration and where some of the solidarity maybe comes in. (laughs) Um, You know, within an institution, to be honest, I mean, and again, I have so many blessings having been a part of the institutions I have, but those spaces are modeled a bit more in corporate culture. So there's a bit more of an assembly line type breakdown of work so, all of a sudden, I'm experiencing this creative rebirth where I'm creating, I'm creating, you know, live programs, I'm uniting people, I'm operating within the aim of educating artistically, educating about the arts, educating about community politics and bringing people together. Those are, that's the same spirit I've always worked in. But it's as me, out as an amoeba, following passion, following where these connections take me so I'm reclaiming that word artist because I'm thinking about the population of folks who are creating cultural content generating this positive energy um, valuable content to our communities and to the world and and maybe being a little bit gorilla about it as you have to be and you have to be resourceful or is Mm -hmm. there the invitation to be resourceful there's definitely the invitation to wear an entrepreneurial hat to find ways to monetize the content that you're generating whether or not that is your primary aim. Um, yeah. so that's that's those are some nuances that I'm bringing to this role of artist that I'm embracing right now.
1: Well, what a beautiful just kind of speech
0: you made. <laughs> that's like empowering. Oh, that will yeah. empower no, that will
1: <laughs> empower a lot of people. Right there. I mean, just to hear the way you framed it, it I, I got excited about it too, because that is exactly what I'm excited about in terms of the people I have on my show and um, yeah. and, and that spirit. I mean, it's, it's, it's that's exactly what it is. So it is a very invigorating thing and it must be so exciting for you to move your passions forward, you know, in this way. So let's get into... A couple of events that that let's say that might be coming up because it'll be a way to articulate some of the things you do love to do and also you know t- tell people about what they can uh, you know expect to um, to find if they if they follow Lena Lightman's programs which you should and you have a website and a blog talk which I mean I'm sorry and a blog <laughs> which we you right. know, can which is on our on our um, on the site and, and and they can find you and I will I will say it later the address of that but so, so you have also, I, I must say, the list of partners that you've already worked with are also quite a blessing. There, I mean, you've already worked with Craft and Folk Art Museum, Big City Forum, Community Arts Resources. You're coming up with the Getty. You're coming out with, you know, at, at different programs at some one, wonderful places. So, I'm very curious to find out, kind of the nitty gritty, the how to's and those that are listening to like, well, I'm a creative person. I would like to create programs. How would, how do I do that? You know, how do you, how, for instance, did, let's say, let's take the Getty, the next thing coming up, the Getty sound baths at the family festival. You'll tell people what it is. It's in June. Can you walk me through how the whole program happened from like the idea to approaching the Getty to even like, you know, are you getting paid? I mean, these are things people want to know about sure. like, just.
0: Yeah, I'd love to, to, talk to do about something about it like. It. Okay. We, I'm sorry. Even in the spirit of what I, we were just talking about, um, as creatives, uh, I feel a lot of solidarity. And um, when there are kind of, you know, mutual frustrations, which indeed sometimes, you know, doing this dance where you're trying to build in an honorarium for yourself where there's a limited budget. That yeah. can be tricky, and I'm I'm more than happy to always – I always solicit, you know, ideas and feedback, and I'm happy to offer the same. So in some cases, in a lot of cases – and this is part of my personality. Everyone is not necessarily like this. I am more than happy to approach people. I'm one of those folks who's just sort of an idea machine, and <laughs> if I can alleviate the burden on my brain and the, <laughs> the people in my life who have to answer the phone when I have some new idea and actually, you know – collaborate with someone and make it happen that's great so I often you know just pitch things and often it works out the craft and folk art museum was one of the first things I did in LA and I basically just called up Andres Payan who's the curator of public programs at KCM and he's fabulous and he liked the idea so we ran with it Um, in the case of some of the more recent things I'm doing they've been Coming about because I've gotten a little bit more traction um, in the city, I think, and the uh, community arts resources is a beyond inspirational organization to me. They've been doing what they're doing for decades. Um, yes, which is, are by are, the way, I mean just to,
1: yeah, just because yeah, we have listeners please. who have no idea what that is. Cars is a is a, oh, is a if you describe idea. what they do, actually, you know what they're yes. what they do and how they support artists and, and, and your knowledge of it.
0: Absolutely. Well, they're an organization that um, Uh, operates in the spirit of community space and the activation of community space, bringing folks together. Um, They do lots of multi-sensory programs. They co-founded a phenomenal uh, now organization called Sequavia in Los Angeles, which is actually like a public streets program wherein you know there's permitting to shut down public streets and those streets are activated with things like bikes and people enjoying the day all together and you know it's about they really operate in the spirit of creating community they're also right, let's, because they yeah
1: oh just pause there because the well first of all sure. it's interesting i've always called it cyclavia so you you call it how do you pronounce it oh my God. <laughs> Or do we know? I don't know, know.
0: I, have, I, I don't know. I okay. have. <laughs> I don't know. Polymyositis, polymyositis. No, they know. It doesn't matter. Founders but of this it, program and. Yeah, actually, yeah, I know. So I know. I do what I want.
1: No problem no I no, did not I'm not calling you out on that I'm just yeah. actually I was no, trying to correct myself I, I'm with but like you. but it's basically it's a it's a uh, an event that's all about putting the cars away bicycling down major you know areas of la and they'll they'll wander they'll do it downtown they'll do it in Culver City they'll do it in Santa Monica and, it wanders around the city and like you said they shut everything down and there's like thousands of bikers then that you know bike and 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 uh, explore that area and I just as a quick little let's put a pin in it but I want to talk about it you are very very involved in bicycle culture, you, the person who moved to LA and did not buy a car, I have to say, even from the first day I met you at Pacwaima, you're like, oh, I bicycled here. I'm like, you bicycled here from like West, from LA? Like, you live in like West Hollywood I took or the something? <laughs> I know. And then you yeah, explained, sorry, I took yeah. the subway. Yeah. And then bicycled. No, but it's so cool because that's an aspect of your passion that I really think is cool. And you, in some of the programs that are coming up, you also combine bicycling with these creative programs. So, anyway, that gives kind of a tangent that we'll get back to. So, but back to cars no, and they're very. Yeah, but back to cars, cars, which is funny because you don't own a car. Yeah. We mean community arts resources, do, which okay, has I have been to there.
0: Clarify, because I do own a car, but I do want to say that you can have. I do not use my car to commute whatsoever. Literally okay. zero. <laughs> okay. I only use yeah. it to go on long trips. And, right. And um, you know, it is really important to me to be able to tell people there is public transportation in Los Angeles. Well, I and think if it you is important it with a bicycle. bicycle yeah then you can take over the world. And I I do really like to be out there and excited about it and show people that it can happen and get it Well, I'm, you know, I,
1: I was, I was born and raised in LA with some forays into other, you know, States and this and that. But as someone who was born and raised in LA, I'm kind of like, I still have almost that prejudice of you can't, you can't do that in LA. I mean, like, but someone like yeah. new to the city who like you're coming in when there is that subway system there now, which there never, there wasn't when I was growing up and there's the Metro, you know, yeah. it's like a new city in that way in terms of being able to to do it. But I still think it's a, an admirable thing to do in LA. You definitely have to have that, that, that commitment, which I love, but, but talk about one of your biking uh, and community thing in a moment. So, cause I'm sorry, we went on a major tangent there, I kind of just, that but um so you worked the cars leading in steady center workshop that's coming up in June
0: so um, and just the fast forward on how that came about I've I made the connection with cars that I have and they're they're, they're great um, because they caught wind of a public bread bake also another event that we can talk about later that I have coming up um, and so We've had a very creative, collaborative um, rapport going back and forth, kind of uh, bouncing ideas off each other, knocking heads. So um, I happened to pitch them an idea about a sound bath for a particular event, and they realized it fits perfectly into this Getty Day. So they've now invited me to curate a sound bath experience at the Getty. Let me tell you more about that. I'm really excited. I'm working on this um, right now today. Uh, the Getty is about to open an exhibition um, of uh, displaying works that one, were unearthed from a Chinese cave, and these are ancient representations of the Buddha through time. Mm-hmm. So, um, in celebration of that exhibition, CARS is supporting the Getty by creating this big, big family day. It's a festival. Um, The Getty campus, of course, is sprawling overlooking L.A. It's very majestic. Um, And so since I often – one of my sort of like bits of my style with programs, I think a lot about activating multiple senses and activating big spaces so that it feels immersive, so that you feel like you didn't just go – to an event and there was a booth and you got something from one booth and then another booth and you went home at the, right. best, the best performing events that I can be involved in. You really are, your mind is opened. You might think about how you engage in your life a little bit differently, or even think about thinking about your life or, you know, I just want to give you an experience that hits you in places um, maybe in your brain and beyond your brain. So for me, one tool is thinking about ways to access people that's beyond, you know, just super didactic or two-dimensional. So sound, a favorite of mine. Of course, I have a background in radio. Um, <laughs> and I, I do have, I'm connected to a few folks in Los Angeles. This is such an, a Los Angeles practice, but run out and check it out. Um, sound, sound therapy, sound baths. Um, this is a practice that is, taken from buddhism and there is an old history of using things like crystal singing bowls so you can imagine these big very heavy very precious bowls that can be struck with a mallet and you just create this incredible resonance and vibration so those vibrations can be used to create an experience for people um, either by putting the bowls on their body or sitting very near the bowls and just being awash in those sound vibrations. So there's the the term sound bath. So right now we are creating this day June 11th at the Getty in connection with um, these Buddhist drawings, where you can be kind of nestled in different nooks of the lower garden at the Getty, and um, maybe you and your three family members all sitting tightly in a circle, or just you lying on the ground. And different sound practitioners will make these bowls resonate around you, so that you can have probably an experience of the Getty you've never had before, sitting on the floor. Well, I think it sounds phenomenal. It's on my calendar, that's for sure.
1: Absolutely, that's, that's, a, that's such a wonderful and and, you're, and to hear you articulate your goals for your programs, is really really inspiring too, because this multisensory thing is what I love to experience too. I, you know, I want to come to that for sure. Um, Let's talk about another event that's, that's coming up, which hits on one of your passions, which is bread and bread making and, and talk about why bread and bread making and how that taps into what you are interested in. And then you could, I mean, you could talk about various events that you have done around, around bread and bread baking, but talk about that. What, what interests you there and how does it tie into what you love?
0: Absolutely. Um, I know that sounds really specific and on one hand it isn't. And in another way, I'm going to try and convince you that it, that it isn't so specific specific at all. Um, But I do one of my like making practices that's most close to my heart is about bread Um, And there are various, you know, there's plenty of romantic notions out there probably about why that might be getting your hands in the dough, but um, I often come back to a couple of things that are really special about bread practices and why they can tie in and play well with art experiences or community experiences in particular. Um, bread is really old <laughs> but you know, bread is, a I I think of it as being this biblical food. There are few mm-hmm. cooking practices as old as bread or, and other kinds of fermentation, honestly. So when we're working with bread, especially, especially if we're using like a, a sourdough starter, that's more true to old styles of bread, um, we're really reconnecting with the most ancient of people, right? Because bread came about by people realize, just observing, being very observant and realizing that if you let the flour in the water rot a little bit, that it starts to do this bubbly thing, which can give you some lift and loft and crumb. So mm-hmm. there you go. That's one of the yeah. things I love it. I'm also getting deeper and deeper in love with um connecting with issues around agriculture and communities around agriculture, especially in California, that these are ways that I'm connecting to my community and through baking communities. Um, Another really important thing uh, that is beloved by me about bread is almost every culture has their own version of a bread. So it doesn't really just belong to one cuisine, um, but it's a unifier. So Mm -hmm. I find that working with these concepts in live programming is a really powerful tool to build community. Um, and plus you're enjoying eating. It brings, you know, warmth and good good spirits to people. So that, those are the main important reasons why this is, continues to grow and be a part of my practice. In particular, um, there is an event scheduled for September 18th in West Hollywood. Again, it's a partnership I'm collaborating with Community Arts Resources, as well as um, the City of West Hollywood. And we are going into we're actually um, hoping to collaborate to address some concerns and issues that are happening in that particular neighborhood. Um, There are various urban planning issues that have been in conversation. So we're hoping to use this conversation starter this tool this invitation of um bringing in bakers from different cultures represented in that neighborhood we're going to have a russian bakery represented we are making uh a jewish style of bread and then we're also making kind of a rustic bread a city-wide favorite and these are different bakers who are going to come out bake in public in a wood-fired oven oh on the street um and every all of these different kinds of people in the neighborhood will be very much invited to you know enjoy maybe learn about a new style of bread maybe be excited to see uh, an old family favorite represented and um connect over the of course breaking bread can't can't miss the you know favorite line Also on my calendar. It sounds really great. It sounds really great. I love it.
1: You know what, let me, I want to, I want to get back to one line of information that you said you wouldn't mind sharing about a little bit more of the nuts and bolts. And it's something that a lot of people kind of don't, I don't know, that it's, want to, in a way, hold their cards close to the chest sometimes or something. And because anytime you talk about money <laughs> or budget, it's like this, yeah. Oh, yeah. like in a way, taboo subject, but maybe it's because it's so challenging. And so I'm just curious, and it doesn't have to be dollars and cents literally, but like, so, you know, you said you have no problem just approaching somebody with a project. And I, so I assume that you have a project description budget in mind so you come with it kind of fully packaged or you know just i don't know an example of how you make it work because you do have to monetize this the, the your activities how else do you do you survive and so i just wondered how your process has been finding the the you know that kind of um support with these different collaborators absolutely i would
0: love to say something about this and i will say right off the bat that i'm not An expert at this or the end-all be-all, but I am having a lot of conversations with people. I'm inviting The wisdom of my community on this and inviting the conversation for us all to knock heads whenever possible because Sharing resources and sharing information is helpful. Um, and, and I also have been saying since I arrived here a little bit over a year ago that I'm an R and D for how to be an artist. <laughs> so yeah. when I say that, I mean, there's no real a specific recipe for working for yourself in this way. There are plenty mm-hmm. of side things that are parlayed, but if you have a graphic background, of course, you can do graphic work that's paid that can help support your crazy art habit. um, I have my background parlays well into publicity and marketing. So I definitely do some of that for small bread bakers. Um, but when it comes to these projects that are really more purely artistic and you're trying to build in, for instance, an honorarium uh, with a museum, uh, one thing, when, if it's like a cold call pitch, which sometimes I do, it, it, I don't package it as completely as you were describing because it's, you never know, really, if you're not internal to the organization, unless you have some intel, what is happening with their priorities, their, what's on their horizon, what players, you know, they're hoping to collaborate with. So I always kind of present it as something that's open-ended with a few illustrations and examples of how it could go, given what I see is on the horizon for them, what's public. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I always leave it open to more conversation because they're going to tell me, oh, actually, there is this other information that's not public yet. And so that will help us kind of co-shape what the incarnation of that program will be. Right. So, so, so so the approach
1: is, is actually, the collaboration is on everything it, you know it's more like you're saying you 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 have a great idea and thoughts about different avenues and ways it could go because you've also, obviously and you I'm sure you would always recommend to do your research do your research you know on that institution before you approach so, so that you have a informed sure. view of what they do and you know you're not going to you know you're not going to present something that's like huh you know that doesn't even that's not even our mission so you do all your research and think this could really fit in but then you and then you approach with an open-ended so that's so that the proposal and the budget it becomes a collaboration as well is what you're saying it seems to be works better for you exactly
0: yeah exactly and I don't know if you have this experience having played on both sides of the fence really when you're talking about museums or institutions but I have had the experience of being approached with ideas and if it's too packaged I I often feel like wait you don't even know you don't know what's happening on my side of the fence Right. You have no way of knowing what's on my side of the fence. I'm thinking about this and this and this and these are the priorities. But maybe if you pique my interest, maybe if you whet my appetite, you into my priorities. That's really what I'm what I aim to do when I work with an institution because places like, oh, I don't know, LACMA, they know their exhibition schedules like years in advance. So sure. there's a lot happening that you just uh, that I almost um out of respect Back for the the folks that I'm approaching, I wouldn't want to assume that I know more than I could know if that makes sense, right,
1: yeah, that's very smart, but it's all and it's also a skill that you're now building and probably getting very good at and and the skill is kind of it's a skill to be open-ended and have an idea but be open-ended enough that when you have that first or second conversation they say well oh we're doing this and doing that and then you go oh well there's a, oh that's a connection i can veer it this way or oh you know you're talking about you know where are we going to find the money for this maybe there's money like you're that that's in a budget that's kind of not even in the department but it has to do with an event exactly. that they're doing and you're like oh there's some money there because there's an event coming up oh we could kind of parlay that maybe in and and or this you know i mean it's 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 kind of a but see that also comes from working in an institution like you and I have yeah. especially when we're building programs and that kind of flexibility and stuff. So, but it's not that other people can't learn it and and get and get good at it, but I, I do like the advice of being focused and and kind of driven but also open-ended and allow that uh allow it to be a collaboration because like you said, if it's too packaged it's too easy to go eh doesn't work, done. You know, sorry not interested kind of thing.
0: Exactly. But that's the and I of it.
1: Yeah, I was just saying, but that's probably, that's the fun of it too, is this, is that collaborative organizational part, you know, so if you're not someone who's interested in that part, that's probably not the kind of the line of work for you,
0: (laughs) right? Exactly. That's what, that's what, I love co-creating. I mean, I, I definitely firmly believe that you don't fully know what the idea is until the players are in the room, right? Because you don't know what alchemy is going to happen when you put, some of these folks together, I always leave room for that. And it's not a matter of poor planning or, you know, you can be ha, really have your research together and still just wait for the magic to happen a little bit. Why would you shut that down?
1: Right. Um, it's like a form it's a form but, of improv that you have to yeah. develop.
0: <laughs> I wanted to quickly care. I know that we're going to need to wrap, but I feel like I didn't maybe fully address your, or I, I could more fully and quickly address your question about, um how to run around programming things and try to um make this uh monetized in some way or try to have you know fuel your life and i i mean there are a few things that are really the go-to tools of course there's you can go through there are a lot of grants out there you can go looking for grants for particular ideas and really you know write out thorough proposals um and I mean, one thing I have talked to people about and definitely toyed with possibilities of starting something like a nonprofit or some kind of arts organization where you can solicit funding to keep doing what you're doing. If right. you or find kind of a non- specific or find a nonprofit to sponsor you that you know, the fiscal
1: receivership exactly. is also a really brilliant way to you go f- about it. Yeah.
0: I bet you are an expert on all of these permutations and I, I am not, but I'm learning about the different options available to me. There are several, there are many things Um, and what, and you know, one thing that I do often rely on uh, outside of being really structured in one of the ways that we just described, um, you can go, you can call corporations or small businesses. I often call folks and get support for one of these programs, like whole foods, sponsored all of the ingredients for that Craft and Folk Art Museum event. Mm-hmm. So now I've alleviated, mm-hmm. what I did in that case, actually, and this is not a bad thing to do if you have to, it's a lot of work. Um, I alleviated our budget for that event as much as possible with donations and sponsorship so that the budget for the event could go to my honorarium hey. as well as the honoraria for my other collaborators. Right.
1: Yeah, that's smart too. That's so smart too. So that's to
0: something. That's a, that's a tool that I do use sometimes.
1: I agree with it too. And there are lots of, there is lots of information about all these different avenues that you can go through. In fact, on our Just Inc website. So when I wrap up the show, I'll uh, talk a little bit about that. But I know you actually have to go, which is probably a good thing because honestly, we could talk for another 40 minutes easily. <laughs> we could. We, <laughs> could. we haven't even touched upon, you know, your pint size maker society, which is for kids. But that's okay. What what we want to do is wet people's pints. We'll have to
0: have a follow up. <laughs> we yeah, I
1: have a follow up and you know, I hope people out there are listening oh okay, there's there's even more to Lena Lightman than than I even heard on this, you know, on what we've just talked about. So it, you know, I, I urge people to look into Lena's uh program through her website, which is Lightman dot squarespace dot com. She also has a great blog about cooking, which is what is the blog's name about cooking? It's
0: dispatches. It's dispatches from my Lansing Kitchen. Dot dot com.
1: I love it. And and there's just she she uh you post some gorgeous pictures of food. I'll tell you that. I follow Thanks. you I follow Thanks. all I of try. Lena's social media and she has a Facebook page as well. So connect with Lena and keep connecting to just radio. I'm gonna let you go, Lena. Thank you for being my guest. It was really fun and like I said, almost hard to say goodbye, but we will talk soon.
0: Likewise, Kara. Have a great day. Thanks a lot.
1: You too. And you've been listening to GIST Radio, which is a product of GIST Inc. And like I said, um, there is, are a lot of resources on our website for your the creative types out there who want to do any of this kind of programming. It's gyst-ink.com. And you can access hundreds of pages of free information on everything you need to know about the business of being an artist or a creative. So please visit our website and like just radio on Facebook and listen again as I find my next exciting uh, creative person in LA doing wonderful things like my guest Lena was today. Thanks for lending me your ears. Bye-bye. Imagine I'm your Wi-Fi signal in the center of your home, coming in loud and clear. But when I start to move over here, not so much. Thinking about heading into the basement, not with your Wi-Fi. And here, well, there's this. That's why there's panoramic Wi-Fi from Cox. It casts a wider net with an advanced modem and extender so it reaches every corner of your home. Here, here, and here. Welcome home a new kind of Internet. It's wall-to-wall, fast, panoramic Wi-Fi from Cox. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing... Random acts of helpfulness, like sending a kid to basketball camp and helping a family with gas for their son's frequent hospital visits. And during the Honda Summer Bration Sales Event, we can help you with a great deal. Because right now, we're clearing out the 2017s, like the Accord, a 2017 Car & Driver 10 Best a record 31 times. Click the Dealer Locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car & Driver, January 2017.